Well, good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you for being here with us this morning. Great to have you. Thanks to Kim for leading us the last couple of days, putting in so much time uh, over the holidays. We are grateful that you're here today with us. How many of you were up or awakened before 5.30 a.m.? Any, anybody? Little ones? Oh, okay. Teenagers. College kids waking you up. Um, well, if you have to take a nap during the sermon, I will excuse it today, all right, of all the days. Uh, maybe, maybe New Year's Day as well. Those two days will give you a free pass. Uh, get a little bit of shut eye. But we're honored that you're with us today. Uh, some told me last night after our Christmas Eve services, I've never, never met a church or heard of a church open on Christmas Day. And we thought, well, where else would you want to be than right here on Christmas Day? Uh, the, the, first, the first folks, the very first Christmas, they didn't stay at home. They would have missed out if they stayed at home. They all left home and met Jesus in a special place and in a special way. That's our hope, our prayer for you this morning as well, especially if it's your first time with us today, first time in a very long time. We're honored that you're here. Stop by the I'm New table on your way out. We'll get you a free coffee mug, a bunch of information about this church, just a way to say thanks for taking some time out of your weekend uh, to be with us. Before we continue, uh, over the month of December, we have been asking and inviting different folks to come up on stage just so we can thank and honor them publicly for all the work they've put in over the last few months at this church. And today we have two very special uh, individuals, an individual and a family, I should say. So would Miss Jan Swing and would the Eldridge family please make their way up here onto the stage. These two groups have uh, blessed this church in mighty ways uh, over the last couple of years. I know you don't want to do this, but you have to. Get up here. So Miss Jan, we really should have her on the list of staff members here. She helps with our children's ministry, Awana, VBS, all things downstairs behind the scenes. And so uh, our kiddos are so blessed by you. I'm blessed and by them. I know, I know. But you are a, a tremendous gift to this church. And so we want to say thank you and Merry Christmas. Thank Here's you. a little something. Spend this on yourself and not on your kids. Okay, thank this is for you. you. This is thank for you. you. Okay, all right. We love you. Thank you, Jenny. So good. And this sweet family right here, they're missing one, but she is via Skype right now. So she's actually with us right now. Uh, but this is the Eldridge family. They've been here now, what, five, six years? Five and a half, and they are going to actually be moving to California. They're going back to the promised land or the desert land, whatever you would call California. Uh, but an amazing opportunity has opened up for them out there, and so we are going to be missing them and, and less um, uh, as, of a church as a result of this departure. But the other church they will find, the ministry they will be a part of out there will be so blessed. They have helped us in every area. Paul has served as an elder for us the last couple of years and strengthened us and protected us in so many different ways. The girls have been a part of youth group and children's ministry, uh, women's ministry. Lori has helped with on numerous occasions. And so they are a great asset to this place. We're gonna miss them so much. We wanna say thank you. And we love you and that we will always thank God when we think of this family and all that you guys have done. And you too, all right? You, you especially, right there. All right, so thank you guys. Merry Christmas. We love you all. Blessings on your transition, okay? Miss you guys. Bless you. Merry Christmas, my friend. Appreciate you. See, if you give countless hours of your life to this church, we'll give you a little card. That's an amazing exchange, isn't it? Well, this morning we come together to uh, rejoice in and to remember the real reason for this season. Uh, we don't call today gift miss or light miss or food miss or reindeer miss or Santa miss. We call it Christmas. And that's because despite everything else that is a part of this time of year, it all should come back to Christ. 
And that's what we want to do this morning. I want to spend some time talking about that today. Uh, over the last few weeks at West Bowles, we've been in a sermon series, a Christmas sermon series called Gift Exchange. And here's the basic gist of that. See, everybody in the nativity scene, in the story of the birth of Christ, they brought a gift to the manger. Now, it's the wise men who almost always get the credit for bringing the gifts, and they, they did, and they should get the glory due them. But everybody in the story brought a gift to God in that moment. See, the wise men, they, they did bring gold and frankincense and myrrh, but they also brought their search. They brought their search for meaning. They brought their search for happiness. They brought their search for truth. They brought all of that to God, and in exchange, God gave them Jesus. Because according to God, Jesus is what our hearts long for. It's what we're all looking for. And so when we exchange our search for truth and meaning and purpose and rest and life, when we give that to God, he'll give us Jesus. Mary also brought a gift. She brought the gift of her plans, you know, all the hopes and ideas she had for her life. Well, she gave all that to God, and in exchange, she was invited to be a part of his eternal purpose. He took her little story, one that would have been forgotten many years later, and now will be told for all the years to come. So she exchanged her plans, what she thought was going to happen, what she thought was best. She gave that to God, and in exchange, she received an invitation to be a part of an eternal purpose and a great story. Last night together for Christmas Eve, we looked at the story of Joseph and how Joseph brought to God all of his anxiety. I asked the question last night, what do you call a pregnant fiance that you've never slept with? A problem. And that's what Joseph had. But he gave his problems and his worries and his fears to the Lord and in exchange, God gave him great assurance. In exchange for all the anxiety, Joseph received assurance, assurance that God knows him by name, that God sees all that he's going through, that God is with him in the middle of that mess, and that God's going to work it all out for his good. So Joseph gave his anxiety and in exchange received great assurance. You see, the story of the manger is a story of great gift exchanges. Now, I say gift exchanges, and some of you might be like, oh, no, gift exchanges. I was just part of a gift exchange a few weeks ago, and I got this five-year-old fruitcake, not exactly excited about that. That's not how it is with the gift exchanges at the manger. They always turn out for your good and for your benefit. And so this morning, on Christmas morning, I'm going to look at the final gift exchange that takes place. And it's one that, that challenges us, but it also kind of empowers us to take the majesty of this moment, the majesty of this season, and to take it from this time of year and, and to spread it out throughout the, the rest of the year. So let me pray for us, and we'll dive into our final uh, gift exchange. God, we, um, we love you, and we come together this morning to see you and to be with you and to be around you. And I just pray that even in this moment, God, you would, you would transport us into that manger. You would take us back to that, that moment, that night. Lord, would we feel the chill in our bones on a dark, cold night? Would we hear the angelic chorus singing behind us? Glory to God. Would we hear the sheep in the background bleeding and crying out? Would we smell stinky shepherds as they come next to us and we're kind of put off a little bit by them, Lord? Would we feel the hay maybe between our fingertips and underneath our, our toes? But most of all, God, would we see you? Would we see your face? 
the face of your son, Jesus. We just pray now that you will illuminate our eyes and our heart to see you afresh and anew on this Christmas morning. Make it so. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There are certain groups of people, if you think about it, you just, you don't expect to see them hanging out together. You just don't expect to see them at the same Christmas party, if you will. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, Broncos fans and Raiders fans. Yeah, you, you're just not going to see them together, right? Not a good idea. Uh, how about Republicans and Democrats? Hmm, they haven't been the best of friends as of late. The other thing, a group I thought of was dog lovers and cat people, right? It's just like, ah, you typically don't see them really hanging out. Well, this morning I have another pairing that belongs on this list. And the pairing is this, shepherds and angels. So you'd be hard-pressed to find two groups who are more different than these two groups. Shepherds are on the bottom of the social ladder. Uh, angels are on the top of heaven's ladder. Shepherds sleep in the dirt. Angels live in the presence of deity. Shepherds are gross. Angels resonate God's glory. Shepherds hang around foolish sheep. Angels hang around faithful saints. I mean, you just don't get any more different than these two groups. We were talking fire and ice, oil and water, Microsoft works, right? Things that don't go together at all. And yet, here in the Christmas story, as you read through the Gospel of Luke, guess who's hanging out together late one night? Guess who's rubbing elbows and, and chumming it up at the first Christmas concert? Shepherds and angels. I mean, what are these two guys doing together? Let me show you. Luke chapter 2. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of angels appeared with the others, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I guess that there would be reasons for a Broncos fan and a Raiders fan to come together and, and hug. Maybe the Broncos fan is consoling the Raiders fan after a loss, right? Maybe you could see that happening. Maybe dog people and, and cat people can get along and live in the same, same house. I mean, you, you could see that happening. But angels and shepherds, I mean, as, as much as I think this through, I just cannot find a moment when they would go together. But wait, here it is. It's happening in Luke chapter 2. It happened on that first Christmas day. Why? Why shepherds and why angels, two groups that are drastically different, 
Why would God put them together? Why would he make their story connected in this part of the story? Well, I think it boils down to the last great gift exchange that we see taking place at the manger. You see, the word angel comes from the Greek word angelos. Now, angelos, when translated, literally means messenger. So these are messengers from heaven with a message from heaven. You with me? It's a messenger. An angelic being is a messenger carrying a heavenly message down to the earth. It's a message about God breaking into the world so that ultimately he could save the world. It's a message about the God of the heavens and the earth leaving heaven to come be with us on the earth. It's a message about the hope of heaven, the help of heaven being so close you could hold it. You could touch it. It's a message about light and life and love wrapped up for you in a little tiny package, but it's yours for the taking. That's the message they came with, and it's an important message, don't you think? And the angels, they came down to earth to share it. In fact, outside of the message, he has risen, this is quite possibly the most important message anyone has ever shared. He is here. God is with us. And the angels didn't just share the message. They didn't just like send out some postcards or post it on their Facebook. They announced it. They proclaimed it. I mean, we're talking beams of radiant light. We're talking heavenly choirs. They had a message to share, and boy, did they want to share it loud and proud. These messengers were faithful. They were passionate. They were committed to this great message. But I want you to see something. Those angelos, those messengers, they leave the scene. They go back from where they came from. But the message continues to be shared. In fact, a lot more people end up hearing this great message of God wanting to be with us after the messengers have left the scene. Let me show you how the story continues. So they, the shepherds, hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph, oh, and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They the shepherds spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I need you to, I need you to do like a, a collective gasp right now, like, <gasps> that, yes, that's how you're supposed to read this. You see, shepherds, wait, 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 wait. The shepherds start sharing the message? So the shepherds become messengers? So you're telling me the shepherds in this story are transformed into angelos? These guys become angels? See, I'm sure shepherds had a lot of names they were called back in the day. And they were names we probably wouldn't say in a family-friendly service at a church, right? but I doubt that anybody ever called them angels. I doubt ever, anybody ever mistaken these guys for angels. And yet God in this moment is not only connecting them to angels, putting them in the presence of angels, God is transforming the shepherds into angels. You with me? They become the messengers of heaven. 
The shepherds were not only visited by the angels, they not only heard the angels or saw or shuddered before the angels, they became angels because they became God's messengers. And herein lies our last great gift exchange. We give God our silence and he gives us a great story to share. We give or gift, if you will, our silence and in exchange he gives us an amazing story to share. You see, shepherds, they were not the most educated, uh, well-read, well-versed people back in the first century. In fact, shepherding was reserved for those with no education, no social standing, and really no gift set. Now, we tend to romanticize shepherding because of King David, right? He was the shepherd boy. But think back to that story. He was the youngest son, the runt of the litter, the one nobody cared about, and what was he out doing? Shepherding, because you gave the shepherding tasks to folks who couldn't do anything else. And so that's who these guys were in this story. Shepherds were not people that others listened to or respected. A shepherd's life was a quiet life. It was a lonely life. It was a boring life. It was a monotonous life. Shepherds weren't exactly chatty Cathy's or blessed with the gift of gab, if you will, and that's why I love what happens in this moment so much. Okay, who's going to be the spokesperson for this great message? A message of God breaking into the world. A, a great king with a great empire. Nah, I don't think so. That's not a good idea. All right, who's going to be a great messenger? Who's going to carry the message of heaven down into the earth? Oh, a great prophet with a loud, booming voice and a large following. Nah, I don't think that's going to work either. I don't know, how about those guys? Those guys that don't talk to anybody and that no one wants to talk to. Those guys, perfect! I wonder if that's how the conversation went in heaven. Some great ruler, some great teacher, some great prophet, wrong. God chose the shepherds, the one no one ever listened to. And he said, you will be my mouthpiece. You will become angels because you will share the message the angels shared with you. See, and their night, let alone these guys' entire lives, it changed in that one split second when they gave God their silence and they said, we will now share your story with others. They went from whoever they were to people that were so, so important. And it's an exchange that I think God is inviting us to on this Christmas morning. See, the message that the angels spoke of, the message of God taking on flesh, so he would save us from our sinful flesh. That message, church, it needs to be shared. It needs to be shared today in a way that maybe it's never needed to be shared before. The world needs to hear this story. They need to hear this message. Why? Because it's not only a story about new life, it's a story that brings about new life. It's a story that changes life. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor. I see it. When someone shares the message with another person who has never heard it before, life is different. Life is better. Life is drastically changed. And I want to I wanna encourage you on this Christmas morning, I want you to see that under the tree or under, uh, in the stocking, wherever it might be, there's one final gift you need to open, and that's the invitation. It's a gift to share the story. 
It's the gift of the story itself. And Jesus now wants you to take this gift and he wants you to re-gift it. He wants you to give it away to everybody else. Maybe you feel like the shepherds this morning, like, I'm not qualified to share this story. I don't know enough about it. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a a garbage collector. I'm just an independent contractor. I don't have a sphere of influence. Nobody really ever listens to me. Trade in your silence. Trade it in and receive this great story and become a messenger of this great story because the world needs to hear it. I'm gonna show you a video this morning that depicts this story as if it happened today. See, a lot has changed over the 2,000 years since that first fateful night in Bethlehem. But I want you to feel the enormity, the beauty, the power, the scandalousness of this story because this is a story that's been given to you and now you are to give it to others. Watch, watch this story. Christmas. What's the point? It all started with a girl. She found out she was going to have a baby. A very special baby. Mary. You've been chosen. You'll have a child. Very special child. I don't understand. In time you will. Was she scared? Scared and excited. But she's supposed to marry a boy. She told him the news. But he didn't understand. changed everything. 
and he knew what he had to do. Time passed, and no one else understood. What happened to them? They had a long way to go. When they needed help, most wouldn't. That's a great story. That's a great story. That's, that's the story and the message that the angels shared with the shepherds. That the shepherds then shared with the people. And that now we have been called to share with others. Is that how it would have happened if it happened today? I, I don't know. I like to think that it would have maybe been that way. But it's an amazing story. And I imagine that many of you went out of your way the last couple of weeks or months to find that perfect gift for that special someone. Maybe it was a gift for a kid or a gift for a spouse or a parent or a friend or a neighbor. You went out of your way to get this special gift. But I'm here this morning, on Christmas morning, to tell you there is no greater gift you can give than the story. 
than to share that story with another. Raiders fans and Broncos fans, I'm not sure they really go together. Dog people, cat people, angels and shepherds, little boys and homeless men. They just don't go together unless the story is at the center of their relationship. You with me? It's an amazing connection, an amazing dynamic that takes place. And here, I'll leave you with this final thought. that The Christmas story, it's not just about the life of Christ. It's a story about the life found in Christ. And you have that story. You've been gifted and given that story this morning. On Christmas, we come and see what the Lord has done. And I want you today to spend some time and just to see and behold what God has done for us. But after today is over, we go and tell. We take the gift and we re-gift it to everybody we come into contact with. And when you do that, you go from whoever you are to an angel. You see, Rick Hankins is an angel in my book. Rick is the first man to share the gospel of Christ with me. He's the first one to tell me the story. And he was actually a milkman. But he went from a milkman to an angel when he shared the story. Rick Ashley, Billy Wilson, two preachers that I listen to and respect probably more than any other, they go from just uh, spokesmen and talking heads on a stage, they go from just being preachers to angels in my book every time they courageously share the story. Jim Brinkerhoff, a man who gave his life for uh, students at Auburn University, He's an angel in my book. He's not just a college pastor. He's an angel because he wanted everyone on that college campus to hear the story. I could go on and on, but the beautiful thing is, so could you. You have innumerable people in your life who have taken the gift of Christmas and they've given it to you. Maybe it didn't happen in Christmas. Maybe it happened in July at some summer camp. Maybe it happened uh, on Valentine's Day. Maybe it happened randomly some Sunday. Maybe it was a pastor, a friend, a youth worker, a spouse. But they took the gift of Christmas and they gave it to you. And they went from whoever they were in that moment to you to an angel. Because they became a messenger of heaven. And now I think our call, our responsibility, our, our great joy and delight is to re-gift the great gift, is to give the gift of Christmas to everybody else. So at Christmas we receive the gift of Jesus, but I honestly think the, the best way to say thank you is to re-gift it. Normally when you re-gift something, it's kind of like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, I'm giving this away to somebody else. So don't misunderstand me here. We take this great gift now and we re-gift it because we're so pleased with it and we want everybody else to taste it for themselves. So hanging out with angels, that would be cool. But becoming an angel? Wow, now we're, now we're talking about something pretty special. And that's a gift you could give to somebody, even today, when you take the gift of Christmas and you share it with them. Let me pray that over you, and we'll get you out of here. Father, you are the great gift giver, Lord, and we could probably spend hours upon hours just listing out the great things you have given to us. But I pray that at the top of our list, even this morning, amongst the clothes and the toys and the, and the cool new gizmos and gadgets, Lord, at the top of our list of gifts, it's just Jesus, that we're just so thankful and so overwhelmed 
that you gave us that gift. Today, would we come and see what you have done and what you have given to us, Lord. Open our eyes afresh and anew to all that is included in this gift, God. This is a gift that you just keep opening because it just gets better and better because in Jesus is light and life and love and hope and peace and rest and assurance and everything we need and long for, God. It's in that one gift, and so we thank you for that gift. And tomorrow, Lord, I pray that we start to give it away to everybody else. I pray that we re-gift this story and this message. Would you transform West Bowles Church and all who are here today into angelos? Would they take the message from heaven and spread it throughout the earth? Help us not to be ashamed or silent, God. Help us to trade that in for the story. And I pray again that we will share it and spread it with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here today, especially our visitors. It's great to have you. Merry Christmas to you all, and enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, God bless you. Hopefully we'll see you next Sunday, New Year's Day, 1030. Uh, God bless. Be strong and courageous.